welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. guys and welcome to episode 30 of the motorsport coaching podcast i am your host belinda risley and today i am joined by rookie supercar driver macaulay jones um for those who don't know he is the son of brad jones racing car legend but macaulay is a legend in his own right officially being promoted this year to the main game of the v8 supercars macaulay is very interested into wellness of a driver so today's episode we talk about the payload diet his fitness regime and also how he's gone from being full-time mechanic on his super two car into a full-time driver and what will that mean for him in 2019 i hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as i did as you could hear i could probably speak to macaulay all day there's so many aspects to the young man um and don't forget about if you're looking to get some more ideas around your motorsport racing especially around your fitness and wellness please head over to our closed facebook page search motorsport fitness in facebook come over and join us and get some free tips let's get started with today's show welcome welcome to the show macaulay thanks for having me i'm very excited to hear your story and about how you got to the main game uh, how old are you i'm 24 so young so young I feel, I feel like i'm not that young but uh yeah it's yeah, um it's exciting yeah. times it's been a long journey for sure That's right. so what age did you start racing i started at 12 in go-kart so i would say it's relatively late compared to you know what a, what a quite a lot of the guys started you know you can start at the age of seven now so yeah i guess 12 was was a bit later than that oh, and why was that delay was it because you just hadn't found the sport um of karting or was it because you were doing other interests to be honest i don't really remember much of my life before that <laughs> it's um it's kind of funny really i just i probably didn't have a huge interest in it i was obviously around motorsport a decent amount but not as much as what people think of, you know it's sort of it was hard for me because my dad was was racing himself he was running the team it's not like you can bring your, your kid to work every day so you know when you're going away for a race meeting he could never take me and my mum. By the time, by the time I, I got to an age, she, was, she wasn't really going to many races. So, and when she did go to the races, she didn't want to have to look after a kid, which is you know, not the easiest thing to do over there. And she sort of had her own work and what, whatnot. So, yeah, I, just, I guess I never got into it until it was, I got to an age where I tried some, some higher carts. And then you know, I sort of said to Dad, hey, I want to give this a go. And, and we got an old go-kart and, and away we went from there, really. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, I'm sure people would just assume that you've been there your whole mm. life and you probably started yeah. racing when you were four and you got a special yeah. exception. And so it's really interesting to hear that um, you didn't start until you were 12 and that's a great yeah. little story. I mean, I actually, um, I probably started on motorbikes when I was about four and did that for a few years and then that was on and off uh, as my cousin raced. And But other than that, like I never, you know, I went to Bathurst, I could always remember doing that, but I never went to a heap of other rounds. And again, it just goes back to, to sort of my dad was racing and and he couldn't really look after a kid whilst doing that um and it sort of just naturally happened which i think i wouldn't have changed that to be honest to change it like i think i don't really like like i said i don't really remember much of my life from the age of seven to 12 anyway so i guess you know sure you would have had some experience but i think by the time i got to age 12 i was a bit more mature and i was a bit more able to take in all the information anyway 
Yeah, and you've definitely achieved a lot in the last 12 years. Um, tell us a little bit about your career to date. So you started cutting at 12, and then what, what was your next progression, progression sorry, to get to the main game? And congratulations again on, on yeah. 2019. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's been, a like I said, a long journey to get to this point. And this was, I mean, I suppose it's been the, the, long, the long end, long-term goal to sort of get into the Supercars Championship for me. I mean, I guess when I started go-karting, it never was the goal. It was just always to go racing and, and try and win on on the kart weekends, and then I suppose after six years in karting, and 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 I guess my dad wasn't there too much with the karting as well. It was more I actually had a mechanic, Tom Williamson. Um, he was an engineer, mechanic, brother kind of thing. Um, you know, we sort of lived together for four years, and we travelled around the country and and you know overseas as well. And and he was a phenomenal part of my racing. Man, like I would not be where I am today without him. He taught me so much in life and and in in racing and and sort of gave me the work work ethic that I have, I suppose. And and then, you know, once and then he was doing Formula Ford at at, at a point there towards the end. And then I moved on to Formula Ford there and, and that was the at that time that was the the natural progression from carts to then go to Formula Ford and sort of jump straight into the Australian Championship and then did that for two years until that sort of became it was starting to die off a little bit where the Australian series sort of was coming to an end and they were trying to bring in new series and whatnot. So, yeah, and then, and then we went to Super 2 after that, which was the development series at the time, but sort of had probably eight months off racing um, once I finished Formula Ford, did the Toyota Racing Series and then came back and then, yeah, had the eight-month break until we raced again. And so how many years did you do in Super 2s? Um, so I finished my fourth year this year of Super 2. And, McCauley, do you have any other siblings? Is, there, is it just you or is there someone else sharing the, the love of motorsport behind the scenes? Uh, no. I mean, I've, I've got two sisters, but yep. they, have, they cannot drive. No? For life of them. And are they involved what, what, in the team or anything? Um, one of them is doing some reception work at, at the shop, doing a bit of the paperwork. She's now 30, I believe, and she only just got her license a year ago. So oh, really? she's gone to this point without driving. So, yeah, she definitely hasn't got the, uh, the racing gene in her, <laughs> for sure. And the other one's not much better. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. See, I think yeah. people will be um, astounded to actually hear the stories, and I think people have this belief that life is a yeah. lot a lot different. Yeah, um, I think so. And, and you know, that's why I try and paint the picture a little bit differently to what it's sort of all the expectation is. But, you know, I learn a lot more from probably Tom Williamson in, in my karting days than I did in my dad. I mean, that, I mean, when you're a kid, no one listens to their father. I mean, even if he is, you know, an eight-time Australian champion in, in the sport, you know, it's sort of... You know. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and so you are very hands-on um, with the cars and you have predominantly been so from day dot. What, does, what do you do every day or what does a week or a day look like for you? Um, yeah, I've always been hands-on ever since a kid. I always like doing things in my hands. So um, I left school after year 11 and then went straight into an apprenticeship as a mechanic. It's sort of, I couldn't sit around and do nothing. And, and I liked working on go-karts, Formula Fords. At the time I was working on Formula Fords and then, it was just got to that point where, you know, we decided to do an apprenticeship. So I've been working behind the scenes at, I guess, at the race team in Albury for the last six years, I believe, six, seven years. So I've always loved working on it. I always like knowing what the car is made of, how it's made, what it's got on it. I've always been involved with the setup of it. So 
I guess if most you know most days I'm in at the shop working on the cars. You know, whether it's a Super Two cars, I, I don't do much in the main series side of things. We sort of segregate the two, just because you know you you try and keep the same people on the same cars to keep consistency and and making sure that everything's running in check. Where you know you just everything's got a checklist and that that person has this job to do. So I've um, just been doing that mostly. Well, now that you have been promoted to the main game, what will your role look like now? Will you continue to work on the Super 2 cars or will you just be focusing on your training, your sponsors? Yeah, I mean, it, we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't quite figured it all out yet. I don't think, you know, I've had a few guys, a lot of the mechanics at work sort of say, so what are you doing next year? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not someone that, I like to I like to keep occupied. So for me, I'm not 100% sure what it'll, what it'll entail just yet. Uh, there'll be a lot more sponsorship side of things um, going on behind the scenes. Um, now that it's sort of you do the step up, you're having twice as many races. So be able to work closer with the engineers. I think that's one good thing about being closer to the team is is you build, I've built that relationship with all the engineers that we have and all the mechanics there. So that's been really good for me. And and to be able to spend a bit more time with them and go through things before the race meetings and after the race meetings and just try and get all those little things ticked off and make sure that you're learning from, from either mistakes or things that, that may have got missed over the weekend or, or just reviewing things to be able to get better. And, and I think I'll spend a lot more time doing that now that I'm able to where in super two, you don't do very long races. So it's, um, you know, there's a lot less to review than what there is in the main series stuff and there's only half the amount of races. So for that, it's, um, you know, you can, you, can, you can do something else outside of it where now it's a bit more full focused on, on being a race car driver and, and making sure that everything's in line. And so coming with that new responsibility of being a main game driver, are you finding or have you started um, to look at your training aspect so your physical components of, of the racing, like you just said, the races are now doubled. They're, they're different um, timed events. There's different lengths. Hmm. Has your physical training started to change yet or will it be? Or? Well, <laughs> I mean, I have thought about it a little bit. I mean, training is an aspect that I love. Uh, always have loved being physical. And I guess ever since I sort of left school is when that, that side of the things changed for me. Like, I remember going to a CAMS camp and we got invited to one of them and I was a part of the CAMS Rising Star in, in Formula 4, which was a big program at the time. And we went to the AIS for, I think, a four-day four day camp there. And, and um, I used to eat terribly. Like I, was re- like, I remember going to school every day with $5.20 and I had a hot dog and two coffee scrolls every single day for about four years straight. And that's, you know, and then I'd come home and make nachos. And then, and I suppose... Oh yeah, at the time, man, I don't know how I, how I did it, but you know, and then ever since that, that one weekend that I had at the AIS, it was just, it was like a switch for me. It just changed and, and I started training and my food just, it was a complete opposite. I just like, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't had a hot dog or a coffee, coffee scroll since, you know, I haven't, I don't, you know, I don't eat, I don't eat processed things. I don't eat McDonald's, I don't eat Hunger Jacks. It's like, you know, I just, it was like a switch for me and, and it was a decision that I made and, and I went from there. And, and I guess moving, moving into next year for my training, it's, I do enough training as it is, to be honest. So, I, you know, and, and having the wild cards this year sort of set me up for it. And I think, I think the biggest thing will just be adapting to the car and the mental side of things, not so much the physical side of things. I mean, to be able to get through Darwin racing 
in the heat up there. I think that's some of the hardest conditions you can have. I think it's just going to be adapting to the different style of racing that it is instead of the DVF. So physically, I'm definitely doing some training. I mean, I'm always going to do training whether I'm racing or not. So that's just one part that I enjoy. And um, I, I enjoy that grind of that, I suppose. So yeah, not a whole lot is changing. I am... Yeah. I am starting to work with someone a bit closer than what I probably was. Um, and that's just, um, so I'm just ticking boxes a bit better than what I have been. I mean, I've been, you know, I have some goals that I want to achieve and, and for me outside of the sport is what I want to achieve them. And, and I think I'm better off, I guess, getting some accountability through it to someone else and also getting better at tapering for race meetings. It's not yeah. something that I've had to do too much with, I don't, you know, I don't really struggle with the 20 lap races in Super 2. So I guess heading into weekends and recovery work will be a bit, bit more on my mind this year. Mm-hmm. And what kind of training do you do? Like you said, you love it. Are you doing weights? Are you bike riding, swimming? Climbing? Yeah, I do. I do a bit of everything, to be honest. Probably at the moment, more focused on strength work. Um, probably the last year being more focused on strength work. I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty light build. I uh, always have been. Um, you know, I'm 65 kilos. I'd be... I'd be, if not the lightest in the field, I would say, in supercars, which isn't necessarily a great thing because I've always found, like, dealing with heat is is an issue when you're quite small, like, you know, and from what I've observed from people, even when they get out of the car, they can, it, the leaner guys tend to struggle more than what some of the guys that are probably a, a bigger size. So I guess just, just being careful of that. And, and I do tend to do a fair bit of CrossFit style training um, and mountain bike riding would probably be my two predominant things at the moment. I don't love swimming, so I don't tend to do that too much. But I, yeah, I don't, you know, if it's in my program, I'll do it. But I don't, it just, I'm not a huge fan of the water. I just don't do it. So that's all right. Yeah. So you train just... every day or is it five days a week? Um, and uh, do you do could... body stuff? Do you do any Pilates or yoga or? Um, I've done a bit of yoga stuff. I stretch most days. I would say every second day at least I stretch. That for me is pretty important. I've got quite good mobility and, and I think that's a very important part to just, one, winding down and two, keeping on top of recovery. But as for training, oh, I'm, I don't do it every day just because I've learned over the time that like you need to be recovering. If you're not recovering, you're just overdoing it. And you know, and, I, and I've learned a lot throughout my whole training stuff over the last five, six years. Um, you know, I've done some pretty stupid things with my training and, and it was big setbacks. Like I've um, had an accident on a mountain bike because on Strava too much and, and cracked the rib and that wasn't, uh, that wasn't ideal. So that was in the middle of the season last year, which wasn't, you know, so I learned a big lesson from that. I mean, it didn't really affect me in the car because um, we were on a four-week break sort of thing, but I still felt it. And then it stopped my training for a, for a while. You can't do anything with a busted rib, so... Yeah, you just learn little things and, and take it into account. And I think at the moment, I think there's a big push for fitness in the sport. And I think it's very important to have like a good base. But I also, I also think it's probably more important to learn what the car and the engineering sides of things. I think you can spend a lot, like for me, I probably spent at one point too much time training and not knowing the car enough. But then again, having the mechanic side of things for me allowed me to learn that a bit more than what what's probably some other drivers do mm. can i ask I, and don't answer if you're not allowed to tell me but do you have certain restrictions on what outside activities you can and can't do like you just made that yeah. point about bike riding like are you guys allowed to go jet skiing uh, or is there any clauses in your contracts to state you know like obviously they 
they don't want you out mountain bike, um, motocross riding or jet skiing or something uh, like that? Or is it a little bit more flexible or is there some sort of a clause in contracts? For, I mean, for my contract, not really. I mean, it's, um, I, I guess <laughs> there is, there, he is, my, so the, the old man, he's a bit hesitant in some things. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty smart with the way I go about it, I suppose. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go out and do something stupid. So, like, for me, I don't snowboard. It's in the middle of our season. It's not a good idea. I, uh, I just need one thing to go wrong. And, you know, and as much as I would love to go and learn it, I just, like, I, I made the decision not to because it's not a good idea. So, for that, it's just about being a bit more self-aware. I mean, I know some, some teams do have contracts where they may not even be allowed to go go-kart racing because, you know, that's pretty, that can be a bit of an issue. But for me, I've had this argument with my dad about getting a motorbike recently and, and he's, a, he's well against it and I'm sort of not too much against it because, you know, I think I'm going to do it in a safer manner, but you can still go wrong. So I probably won't be going down that route. Yeah, you definitely got to be careful. Ah, thanks for that. I've always wondered that question. Um, now, Mac, I believe that you um, eat paleo or... I was going to say study, but um, that you prefer to eat the paleo way. Yeah. Uh, how have you found that um, in any way, good or bad, uh, affected your performance? Obviously, you do have the catering facility at the track. Tell us how paleo works. For yeah, you. I guess. Um, so it's my own version of paleo, and I think that's like I'm never, I've never liked saying that I'm paleo, but that's the best way to explain it, I guess. So for me, it's, it's just, I tweak it to suit what I'm doing at the time. So I guess I just eat real food. Like, you know, it's just, it's vegetables, meats, nuts, seeds, little sugar, like no, no processed foods, like at all, you know, and I used to be a big fiend of, I was the complete opposite, like I said, and, and, but for me, I felt so much better changing up the way I eat and, and it just, it's what suited me. So I guess I, I, I don't need any gluten and I don't need any dairy really i can tolerate some dairy but very small amounts um but i i was getting really bad gut issues with with gluten and and i found out after a little while of like i was i was getting stomach cramps um in the morning so if i if i did any exercise i would i would start to get very dehydrated quickly and and once i cut out gluten for me and and i i got some blood tests done and and i had early signs of celiac disease and then i just cut it out and i haven't eaten it since pretty much and not, not intentionally anyway. And, um, and then with dairy, I struggled with like milk. I just started getting rashes, rashes on my arms and stuff and like quite heated. Um, so I just cut it out and, and, and any other foods that I react badly to, I cut out as well. And, and it's just, I sort of learned to adapt to that. And I just, it's, it's about being self-aware with that kind of thing. And so what does a meal plan look like for you on a race day? On a race, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky with the catering side of things, although I do tend to, to cook my own food. But I, I generally eat the same thing every day at home and at race meetings. I try and keep it the same. I don't like changing um, things, especially what I'm doing in training is what I want to do in the racing. So I guess I try and keep it the same in that aspect. But lunch is always a meat, whether it's a chicken, lamb and sweet potato. And I have some vegetables, but I try and keep the volume a bit lower. Sometimes I will have rice, depending. Probably this year, I'll probably have rice with a longer race and then put oil, with some, some oils on it. And then like a dinner will be salmon, pretty much always salmon and sweet potato and vegetables. Um, and then I generally have a smoothie at night time as well before I go to bed. Um, I have a fast metabolism, so I tend to count calories a little bit um, throughout the day. 
and I don't need to count all the time now just because I've been I've done it for a long time now so I know how much I like energy I burn throughout a day on a, on a maintenance level and and I can sort of adjust that to what my goals are at the time but for a race meeting I make sure I eat a lot of food like I think that I think, I think that's something that that people don't do is is eat enough I think people underestimate how much you burn throughout a race meeting and um, so that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not there to lose weight. So at the time I don't really care how much I'm eating. I just make sure that I have a minimum amount I eat. And, and if I go over that, I'm okay with that sort of thing, but I make sure that I have a minimum level amount. And breakfast, what do you do for breakfast? Again, it'd probably be a smoothie or probably eggs at a race meeting because someone else cooks them for me. So just egg, bacon and, um, avocado and, and sometimes sweet potato put, and, and fruit really. And, and then do you just snack on nuts and... I'm very lucky in that aspect with um, Blue Dinosaur. Which is a bit of a shameless plug, really, but I actually eat that many bars. It's not funny. Like, mm-hmm. I eat a lot of them throughout the day. They're yummy. Yeah. And the pea chocolate even, like, that's... that's So that's... Which is, a, like, a pre-workout style, but it's... it's um it's The, the guys that have created that that product have got a lot of backing into it and there's a lot of a lot of science that they've put into it to to create the product and and it is very good for you know it's got a bit of caffeine which i like um and it's and it's a very small dosage and i'd rather have have a chocolate form than have a powdered form of free water, so. <laughs> why not who doesn't love chocolate exactly and so like, do you also do you take any supplements I've, ne- I've never been huge in, I mean, I have protein powder, um, which I change up what it is all the time, but I do some magnesium. I do vitamin D in winter. I don't do it in summer. Uh, I get outside enough. Some magnesium. I do some electrolyte drinks on a, on a more enduro style. So don't tend to do it on do- Super 2 weekend unless it's very hot. But other than that, not, not really. And I've played around with a few bit of BCAs and... And again, it will change up a little bit this year with longer races, as and also backing the backing the longer races up from Saturday to Sunday is a bit more important now for me. So I will I will implement some things, but um, I'm not huge into supplements. No, it's yeah, not. So I'm like, like, athletes, it gets to a point maybe yeah right maybe around about your age now, around about early 20s, when it's a great idea to start looking to supplement, but you always certainly don't recommend them for the junior athletes. No, Mikey, just... Yeah, I think, I think probably an electrolyte thing for go-karting stuff, like on a... I think that would be important, but I think, I think again, just eating. Like I think, again, un, people can underestimate how much you're eating. So instead of, you know, you need to eat throughout the day where sometimes, like I remember in go-karting, it wouldn't eat through the day and I'd have a massive meal at night, but... I think it's probably more important to spread it out a bit over the day and just keep fuel. I agree, a hundred percent. Because that's what fuel food is, isn't it? Food is fuel. Food. Yeah, exactly, and it, and and I think so. Like, I mean, and it doesn't mean that just because you have less access to better foods. Like, I mean, for, even for travel now, for me, like that's an important thing to be just packing foods because if I don't have access to the foods that I trust or, or that I don't, if I don't eat them, then I won't eat. Like, and I've, and I've done trips overseas where I've had, you know, two day fasts and whatnot because, because I don't, I don't want the food that they've got on offer. So, and, and, and I'm okay with that. Other people are a bit weird about it, me not eating around them, but like I'm, I'm, I'm 100% fine with that. Like if there's no food that I'm not comfortable eating, I won't eat it. And I'm all good with that. So I know I can do that. So it's just, 
but but it can be quite foreign. Like it's not it's not ideal. But yeah. now I just like I take I take food most places I go, whether it's protein powder and blue dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, I don't I don't go anywhere without them. So, Max, yeah. you sound like um, obviously going from your coffee scrolls to, to your way of eating. It, it was like you said that one weekend that really yeah. the hit mindset around um, racing and just your own health and well-being. And um, so, it sounds like you're mentally quite strong. Do you do much mental <laughs> yeah. preparation, but it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have done a lot over the years. I think, um, and like you say, that's that, that's how I sort of do things. Though, it's if I don't, I don't half half ass things. I guess I, if I'm going in, I, I go all in. Um, whether that's my motorsport, my training, and my food, which is you know not much else is in my life, I suppose. So, it's the, like those things are in full focus for me. So yeah, for me, for me, that is easy. For a lot of people, that's not easy to give something up. But if if I have a reason to why I'm giving something up, then it's easy for me. You know, if, if someone was to tell me that, you know, I'd be a better race car driver and I had and, and I could only train twice a week, but it made me a better race car driver, then I'd train twice a week. You know, it's, but I just, you know, I wake up every day and it's, I've got one goal and, and I work towards that. So most of the things align with that, I, I guess. So um, like, do you have a vision board or do you journal or do you, I, you know, have any sort of like um, bigger picture out there that you're sharing with, with everybody to, to get you into the same? Uh, yeah, I guess. So as for like journaling, um, I've, I've played around with that a little bit um, over the last couple of years. Um, and I definitely do a bit of that. Uh, I, I like I like a daily gratitude part. So just three things that you're grateful for for the day. And, and it can be pointless things. Um, and it can be bigger things. So, you know, you could be grateful for the race team that we have in Albury, or I could be grateful for the coffee that I had this morning or whatnot. So, um, and, and I like doing that because it just sets the day up a little bit nicer. And, and, and I'm a big list person. I like to write down what I've got to do. So I do a lot of visualization as well, um, especially in the middle of the season, float tanks. I've played around a bit with float tanks as well, which I, uh, I quite like. I don't, I don't like doing long sessions in the float tank because I find I'd rather just do a half an hour one and, and I, I run through the weekend or what what, what's sort of going on and where I'm going with the track and everything. So visualisation's probably been a big thing for me. And, and I just read books. Like I said, they all sort of align. So whether it aligns with my training and my racing, um, I tend to do that a fair bit as well. So... I've read a fair, fair few books over the few years. Can you, rec- Sorry? Can you recommend one? It's really like... Oh, yeah. Uh, I think um, Obstacle is the Way. That was um, by Ryan Holiday. That one was a really good one for me. That sort of, you know, taught me that it's just like, okay, if something, if something goes wrong, okay, this is the new path. And it's just, you know, and it's, you know, everything in life, it's a bit of a journey. So you've got to be, be a bit more adaptable to things. And, and I think that that helped me, especially like heading into this year. I think that was very challenging. We sort of came up against it at times. So that that's sort of just like, all right, this has happened. What's next? And we'll move around that. And, and um, going from that, I think uh book by Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, that's sort of, it's a bit of religious-y, but uh, which I'm not not religious. I have nothing against it. It just, it's not how I've sort of been brought up, I guess. But um, I took a lot of things away from that. And it's about like not reacting to situations for me is what I took away from that. It's kind of like being a bit more clear and self-aware about situations and, you know, whether you're in traffic and you're, you're driving to the shops and you're getting frustrated with the, the idiot that's driving in front of you, you know, it's like, 
sort of not reacting to that. So, cause at the end of the day, it just burns your own energy up and, and I don't have time to waste on, on what other people are doing. So they yeah. Sound just, awesome. I'll make sure I put those links to the yeah. Um, so thanks for those recommendations. Um, um, and do you have a specific saying to yourself, any type of mantra, or is it just all of that self-belief going through your head? Um, I mean, it's not all self-belief. We all have doubts. And I think that's something that's going around with like, I think social media these days sort of paints a bit of a, it's all good picture, but you know, and I try and be real with mine. I mean, it, not every day is a good day. I mean, I had a, I had a training day yesterday. I went to the, I didn't train until the afternoon. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. I went to the running track. And I had six sets of 800 meters and I did four sets and I was cooked. Like it was you know, 33 degrees. It was, uh, you know, and it's just, and I wasn't feeling it at the time. And, and for me to do an extra two sets, yeah, I could have done them. Absolutely. Mentally could have done them. Uh, would it have been productive? No. So it's sort of like listening to yourself and just being a bit more on top of that. So I think, you know, not every day is a great day, but, you know, you just, you're, I'm always working towards the one goal. So I guess you've got to be a bit, bit more adaptive to it. So your goal comes true in Adelaide. Oh, sorry, but as a mantra, yep. I don't really have like a set mantra, I suppose. I've got a few things that when it's like hold the standard, like for me, like I set a standard for myself and I hold it. So whether that's, um, you know, it's, I guess that's with my training or if it's with the mechanicing work, it's, it's especially the mechanicing work even it's like i hold a standard it's like i want i want it to be the best and and i, I don't really want to settle for something so if, if you know door gaps aren't great then you know we fix them sort of thing and it's you're holding that standard so um i've always liked that and always like nobody cares train harder so when you're in the i guess when you're having a shitty session it's you know no at the end of the day it's like i'm the i'm the person that's driving driving my goals and and it's not that nobody does care. It's just that at, at the time of suffering, it's like only you care and you can get yourself through it. So with your dream coming true in a couple of months, February the 28th, have you been doing or will you do any sort of mind preparation around that race or just suck it up? And yeah, I mean, I've even, I've already started, I suppose. I started once I found out, I guess. It's a big step up and I think people underestimate the step up that it is. So I guess I've been lucky with the wild cards to sort of get a bit of a feel for it and, and also being around the team for so long now that I, I get how hard it is and, and it varies from weekend to weekend about how the results go. So I've definitely, definitely started preparing myself, whether it's looking at footage of, of Adelaide and, and watching some racing. It's trying to get through the first lap is it's very difficult in, in the sport. So, you know, you need to try and get through that first lap cleanly and, and, and qualify better, which is something that I'm, you know, trying to, trying to work out how we can prepare better for that. And, and you know, qualifying is very important in this sport. So you know, just trying to work out little things like that and get my head around, you know, who you're racing with. So I'm racing against different people that some of them I haven't really raced against or sure, we've done enduros at the same time, but I guess one-on-one -on -one you haven't really raced with some of these guys. So getting that all, just preparing myself for that and, and the expectations that you set for yourself and try not to, you know, try and be realistic with that and, and, you know, I've got a lot of support around me with my engineers. Um, you know, they're very helpful for me and, and, and I, I, they believe in me and, and I believe in them. So that's an important part as well. Yeah. And I was just listening to you and I wasn't ready for a question. I was like, oh, I just... <laughs> that's right. yeah, you're 
So I was going to ask, do you have a test um, test day before the big race or are you all out? Yeah, we'll have a rookie day and I'll have a, a we'll, we'll have the supercars test day, which I believe is at Phillip Island as well. In January? So, uh, that's in February. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> One of the big things that you do do really well, um, that the other drivers uh, I haven't seen done as quite as well, is your YouTube account. Um, do you want to tell me a bit yeah. about everyone, what you do on there, what kind of content, how often you post on there and things like that, what you post? Yeah, uh, I guess that's, that's a new thing for me and I've just been trying to work out it. I actually quite enjoy the whole video editing and, and, and creating the videos. I guess it's more, it's a lot behind the scenes sort of restricted with what you're actually allowed to film at a race meeting so that can be quite difficult but try and keep a lot of the behind the scenes i guess what drove me towards it was one i wanted to get better at speaking um be a bit more comfortable in front of um talking in front of a camera or or just coming up with what you wanted to say and getting your message across a bit better and as well as i got sick of people asking what we do during the week it's i think a big underestimated part of the sport we have 47 full-time workers in Albury and and a lot of the people were like oh well you know what do they do and it's you know and I wanted to showcase that a bit better because I think that is something that is a huge part like this is a huge team sport but I guess a driver is highlighted quite a lot but you know there is we have you know nine engineers we have a paint shop we have a fabrication machinist we have mechanics we have receptionists sub-assembly you know, there's so many other factors involved in the, in the whole sport. And I'm in a lucky, a very lucky position where my dad owns the team. So I can showcase what goes through it. Because I think a lot of people don't see what, what even, even Brad does in, as in for the sport and for the team. I think is, is you know, he is, yeah, he's stressed all the time. And, and he's, always, he's always thinking about how to either find sponsorship or make cars faster or getting the right people or managing people and, and and you know the whole business side of that that so i guess i just want to showcase a bit a bit better what what the sport is about and 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 also my journey up to that point and do you call brad a dad or brad or something else at work <laughs> um probably call him boss actually <laughs> so yeah. just yeah um i don't really call him dad around the shop not that i have a problem with it i just i sort of got out of the habit of that and it's, it's just mostly boss and he'll always answer me to boss anyway so and good. then when you come home Oh, I don't know, a bit of both, I suppose. <laughs> it depends how distracted he is. Yeah. So at first it's boss, and if he doesn't answer me because he's on his phone or something, then, then it's like, all right, Dad, oi, what are you doing? So it's hard to get his attention sometimes. He's getting old. <laughs> he's very busy, I think. Yes, he is busy. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. And do you have a nickname in the pits or at work? Um, not really. Um, it's generally just Mac. I think it's pretty standard because it's kind of in my name, really. Um, my cousin's Jonesy, so I've never been a Jonesy. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, not really. Not really? It's all right. No. So, Maka, I put a post up today on our Close Motorsport Fitness page as I knew today's podcast was being around wellness. And so some of the questions that come through was, so Matt has asked how... Um, did you mentally reset yourself after a couple of the Super 2 races this year when you're so close to winning? So Townsville was a prime example and a mechanical failure occurred on his second Super 2 car um, and DNF the race. 
Um, so Matt is trying to work on this mindset with his boys um, on how to reset their headspace after each heat. So they currently race carts. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's wanting some information around that, regardless of the income of the um, previous heat. Yeah, this is something that I've, I've definitely had to work on a lot this year. And, and for me this year, it's, it's actually gotten a lot better. I think I learned a lot from um, 2017 and heading into this year as um, I, I was trying to work on consistency and just, um, you know, keeping, keeping at it throughout weekends. So to have Townsville happen, that was, that was a big one for me. And I'm really proud of the way that the whole team even, even took that. And, and, and it, I'm, you know, I was very happy with how I took the, that as well. Like, I think it, it was very hard for me, um, especially the Sunday. Um, but after the Saturday, I think for me, we, we sort of, you know, I was, I was pretty devastated at the time. I took a couple of deep breaths and, and then I went and chatted to my engineer after the race um, and my mechanics as well. And I said, all right, well, there's two ways you can react to this. You can react neg negatively or you can react in a bit more positively. And it's, and and I guess, and I said to them, I was like, okay, we can only do one thing today and that is get better for tomorrow. And we'll just come back stronger tomorrow. And, and, and I believe that we, we did come back stronger the next day. I felt more comfortable in the race. And, and then that sort of happened again. And it was like, you know, that was pretty heart-wrenching at the time. But, you know, I sort of just looked at the weekend and went, you know what, okay, we didn't get the result, but we were there and, and we have potential. And as much as I wanted the result, because, um, you know, we all want to win and, and that was the whole reason we went there. But, um, yeah, and to be that close was pretty hard. But I guess I just, I just, I look at, I took the positives away and, and I looked at the negatives. We learned from the negatives and, and, you know, that damper problem, that will never happen again. So we make sure that won't happen again. And we just, we just tick those boxes and you go along with the journey and, and it's just learn from the mistakes and, and I'm a better person. I'm a better driver from it, whether it, you know, whether we won or not. So, um, you know, we, and we come into Bathurst and that was, that was a hard one as well, but we did everything we could. And yeah, we just, you just got to review it and go along with the journey of it sometimes. Yeah. So just building on that loss and just analyzing what went wrong. You've rectified it. Yeah. And then yeah. And, you know, and, and like I said, I was, yeah. And I was very proud of the way that the whole team came back on the Sunday. And, and again, we were very strong on the Sunday. So for us to do that is, is a bit of a testament to how we, how we took our approach to it. And it was like, okay, well, we've just had this crap happen. Let's come back stronger tomorrow, you know? So, and, and then at the end of the day, that's all we can do. And we're just doing our best. And a great job that you are. <laughs> Um, so, Maka, Leanne has asked, do you have any uh, rituals before a race or wear a certain piece of clothing? No, not really. I sort of got away from that. In karting, I used to sort of, I like to get in from one side of the go-kart and same in Formula Ford a little bit, but sort of got away from doing that because there's a lot of variables, especially like once you, once you get to supercars, there's a bit more, like sometimes you're getting out on the grid and, and you know, you, your routine gets a bit stuffed that way. So... I sort of try and limit myself from having superstitions in that way. So I don't really have many of them, but sometimes I do have a bit of a routine where, where I have different routines, but I have a, a few of them. Um, and it's just depending on how I feel on the day. So if I'm feeling a bit more anxious, you know, sometimes I'll listen to music to, to calm myself down or sometimes I need to, to warm up just to get going a bit better or, or it's, and it's just about, I guess, where I'm self, where I feel at the time to, to what I need to be. If I'm heading into qualifying, I'm okay with being a bit more G'd up than what I, I don't want to be too calm. 
by heading into a, you know, heading into a, a Bathurst as an, as an enduro stuff. Like I want to be a bit more calmer because you got to tick the boxes more where a qualifying session is like, all right, we're just going out there. You've go as hard as you can. So yeah. do you like to listen to music to get you pumped up before a race or a qualifying session um, like that? Or how, how do you get pumped up? <laughs> I guess I just run things through my head. Yeah. I don't know. And I just, you know, just remember why you're doing it. So I just want to win. So, you know, try and remind yourself of that. Sometimes I listen to music, but again, I'm very adaptable to what I want to be doing. Just being self-aware where you're at, I guess, and trying to get to that, that same spot every time. Fantastic. Well, Leanna has also asked, how did you feel being invited as the wildcard driver at Winton? Yeah, I, I really like the idea of the wildcards. I think it's awesome. You know, I think with the Super 2 now, we get a lot of safety car laps, which is quite frustrating. And you sort of do 20 lap races where the main guys are doing 75 lap races each day. And, and I think that's a huge difference. There's no, there's no pit stops in Super 2 and there's a lot more variables going on. So the wildcards for me is, has been an awesome initiative. Like I, I think it's been so good for, for it. And I think hopefully they, they get more in the future as well. So yeah, just I to be able to learn. Yesterday that they're going to do more yeah i did read that i think they were planning to do two to four i believe so that would be really cool for for the guys jumping in and and it is a very expensive and, and it's a very tough it's a very hard way to do it but it, yeah for me it was an yeah, awesome experience to do them and then to sort of have darwin and tail and ben this year has been has been really good now, I'm not sure if you're going to know the answer to this question, but Leanne has asked, um, how young were you when you got your first sponsor? And who was it and how did you get it? <laughs> I guess for me, sponsorship's a lot about relationships um, it's, and it's building rapport with the people. So um, as for first sponsors, you know, I, I had a few in go-karting where like I had some go-kart brands, like DPE, Arrow Karts, like they, they were a big supporter of mine in... in um, in go-karting and and i guess that uh, most of them stemmed from my dad um at the time and i think that's sort of how that does work at, at that point but for me sponsorship a lot about relationships so you know most of the sponsors that i have now has been built over a relationship over a few years and whether the sponsorship builds up like that or some of them have, <laughs> have stayed the same sort of amount and, and and level but i've kept the relationship going with that and and you know try and give back as much as i can to them and Maka, do you feel any pressure now driving under dad, having that name? Do you feel you've got more expectation to live up to or how are you approaching the, the new year? Not really. I guess I, I've, I've had this question asked a lot over the years and it, I guess it changes at different points in your career, but um, in go-karts, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I worried probably at the start a little bit that people would sort of go, oh, well, he's only in it for, um, because of his dad, but I sort of, you know, I sat down and thought about it and you know what, uh, I, I'm here because I want to be here and, and I'm here because I've worked towards this point for a long time now. And, um, and I guess being with the, we're sort of the third car there with Tim Blanchard and, and the cool drive racing side of things, it's kind of segregated a little bit as it's under sort of, it's sort of under the cool drive license and it's sort of segregated in the media that way it's not in it's not in the shop at all you know it's not a third car in that way but it's um sort of it's it's under the cool drive it's not necessarily under the brad jones racing banner i guess even if it is out of the same shop so that's been that's probably helped that a little bit but um i don't really have any pressure from him 
he uh, he's got my support. He's one. Of, he's my probably my best one of my best friends. So we're very honest and real with each other. And if he thinks I'm doing something wrong, he'll tell me. And 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 that is very grounding for me, which is awesome. You know, I've sort of I've been. I remember I had one point this year where I was sort of talking to him about something, and I was. And something wasn't quite going my way. I can't even remember what it was. But he just said, all right, well, you need to suck it up. And I sort of like stopped and I looked at him and I was like, yeah, you're right. And it's sort of okay. So he's very honest and, and I like that about him. And it's, you know, I wouldn't want to go racing any other way without him. Thank you so much for your time today, Mackie. You've certainly given us, um, shared lots of your knowledge. And um, I really think that the, the listeners are going to appreciate hearing the inside story of your career to date. Do you have any uh, recommendations for those competitors aspiring to get to the main game? I think you've given heaps already about being focused and, mm-hmm. you know, being serious and, and looking at nutrition, looking at fitness, all the mental preparation and goal setting. Uh, do you have any other things to, to add to that? Um, I guess you just, it's, you just got to stick with it and, and make sure that you're going along with the journey. It won't all go to plan, um, but be adaptable. And I think that's, that's a big thing is just, you know, some days, some weekends, you're going to have a crap weekend, but you need to make the most out of those weekends anyway. And, and at the end of the day, like as well, we are racing, we're racing go-karts, we're racing cars. It's fun. Like you gotta, you gotta hang on to that as well. So you, you can't forget that it's, you know, there's a lot worse that we could be doing. So, you know, absolutely. I love the sport and I love, I love a lot of the aspects involved in it. So um, it's just, it's all a part of it. And, and, you know, just, just try and learn as much as you can and, and, uh, you know, I enjoy talking about it. It's, it's obviously a huge passion of mine um, and, and I'm involved in the sport in, in many different ways so, and I have been for a long time now. So, yeah, and if, if anyone needs any help and advice, like, feel free to send me a message. I think that's one big thing is, is reach out to people and sometimes they won't reply, sometimes they will and, and, and try and learn from as many people as you can. Oh, thank you so much. I'll put Macaulay's details um, in the show notes today. I'd probably love to have you back onto the show maybe halfway through next year so you can tell Absolutely. us how, how you've been growing the first couple of months and rounds and we'll have some stats to date yeah. and you can tell us like what's the first couple of months of being the main game and the type of differences from Super 2 yeah. to the main game that you've encountered as a driver and from a team perspective. That would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to talk about that. And, and, and again, I'll, I'll try and do some of that stuff on like the YouTube channel as well, just keeping updated with that and, yeah, and I'm showing my, my journey through it and my experiences. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, last question. What is your favourite race track <laughs> and why? Uh, every time I get asked this, we just count Bathurst because that's sort of a given, I think, in Australia. So um, I've always been a huge fan of street circuits. Um, I've always liked Adelaide, but... I've always loved Townsville as a, as a street circuit. So that, that's probably one of my favourites for sure, I think. But, I mean, most street circuits I've always liked, definitely. Uh, Newcastle to drive around was insane as well. Really? It's cool. Yeah, not, not the greatest racing track. It's quite very difficult to pass, but can be a lot of follow the leader. But as a, as a driving track, very fun. Well, that's yeah. the first vote for Townsville, so that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, a bit different, but, yeah, I like it. No, that's great. Thank you very much for that. Well, again, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. As I said, I feel like I could talk oh, for hours about all different aspects of the racing, but I'd appreciate your time. And again, um, we'll have you on about halfway through next year and we can discuss Absolutely. what's been happening. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you. 
Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.